Hello, and welcome to the TV Movie Rewind Podcast with Matt and Todd. Hello, everyone. Today, we are talking about the one of the last movies produced by Hammer Films before they went bankrupt in the uh, mid-70s, the 1974 Kung Fu horror film Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Now, I mean, I should point out Hammer Studios has returned. They they did put themselves back, or somebody bought it and relaunched the studios in 2008. But uh, after a very long run and, and doing some fantastic, you know, classic style monster movies in the basically throughout the 60s, they started having trouble around the 70s as the uh, vampires became a little bit more passe. Do, do they go back as far as the uh, late 50s um, with some of Cushing's earliest stuff? Or is, that, well, is he working with someone else at that point? Hammer Studios actually goes back to the 30s. Okay, all right. But in 1958, they did Horror of Dracula and Curse yeah. of Frankenstein with Cushing and Lee. And that's really what put them up on on the big time per se. Okay. okay, so it was it was still Hammer that far back. So Hammer had been so Hammer had been a long running studio at that point. Were they always were they always genre films? Like is that is was that their bread and butter? Was it was it always stuff like Dracula and the Mummy and like movie monsters that sort of thing? They did they did all sorts of all sorts of films. But it was almost the way, uh, pretty much the way the uh, Universal Monsters in the 30s saved Universal Studios. And they became, you know, a famous producer of monster movies. The same could be said for Hammer when when they they launched their, you know, horror series. Again, they had done like horror before, but Horror of Dracula and, and Curse of Frankenstein really gave them, you know, new blood. And uh, it, it's really what they rested, really what they focused on for the next 15 years. So it's sort of like, it's sort of like Disney with um, fairy tales. It's not the only thing they do, but it's the thing that most people probably yes. gravitate towards. Yeah. Or animation, at the very least. I got you. And this would be their final Dracula movie. Oh, really? Uh, and the only Dracula movie I believe, the only Dracula movie I think believe they did that didn't have Christopher Lee as Dracula. Uh, I was surprised. I was very surprised to not see Christopher Lee as Dracula in this, um, especially for how briefly you really see Dracula. I mean, technically well, he's throughout the movie, but for for as much as you see Dracula, Dracula, yeah, like I was surprised they couldn't get Christopher Lee for the maybe ten minutes or so of screen time. Well, I'm sure that had a big part of it with him saying, I'm not doing it to be on screen for, for a few True. minutes. And plus, he really, he, they had to convince him I could see that. almost each and every time to come back and play Dracula. They, the, he was really, really, anytime they were like, you know, he was a big fan of the novel. And he was always like, why don't we do the novel? Nobody's yeah. ever really done the novel. Why no. don't we do the novel? They're like, nah, nah. Yeah, it took fair. a lot of cajoling to get him back. And in fact, he was even supposedly Christopher Lee tried to convince Peter Cushing to turn down this role. Really? Because My- they knew he, he kind of knew that they were using both of them too. like Hammer Studios was really yeah. like, you know, we need to get I- you people in these movies because you're what's selling tickets. I mean, I guess I understand it. I guess I understand it. And, that, and it's refreshing in a way because it tells me like Christopher Lee. You know, he's a genuine fan of the genuine article. And 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 I think the story of um, this is probably similar to his feelings of uh, Lord of the Rings, because like he, he, you know, he's not just in the movie, but he's like a super, super fan of Lord of the Rings. And I wonder how much convincing he had uh, Peter Jackson had to do um, to get him on board you know, with such a sincere project. And, and you might think, okay, well, you know, Lord of the Rings is objectively silly, though, isn't it? Or Dracula, like, it's objectively silly, though, isn't it? And it's like, I guess so, but if he takes this thing serious, you know, sincerely, like, if he truly loves Dracula, the book, I could understand, A, his passion for wanting to actually bring it to life, and B, feeling that, like, look, um, you know, this isn't right. Like, he probably felt about Dracula being in this movie the same way I feel about, like, you know, whatever will be Halloween 15, 
<laughs> Michael Myers in you know in Chicago or something. <laughs> you know, I guess I can see that. Well, much like you bring up Halloween, and Donald Pleasance was saying he'd make as many Halloweens as he could because and I will watch every... to see it. Yeah, and I'll Peter watch. Peter Cushing was the same way. You know, he yeah. knew fans liked to see him in these movies, so he did it for the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, some stories, even like there's there's even a suggestion that part of the reason he agreed to do this movie was because it was he'd be going to China, and the. Uh, recent death of his wife had had him in a depression and he thought maybe a change of scenery yeah would help you know I could get see him that. around and boy did they make him see some scenery in this damn movie look look if 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 halloween if if halloween 15 you know mike on a bike or whatever comes out and they're like hey todd you want to have a part in this movie you better believe i'll be in the damn movie of course i will 100 percent. you know Again, is it is it you know would it necessarily be you know everything I had hoped for? Probably not, but I'm still going to do it because why the heck wouldn't you? So like I appreciate I totally appreciate both sides. I really do. Um, I'm glad Peter Cushing ultimately did this um, because you know he the movie is good and probably still would have been good without him. But he brings you know he brings such a level to it. He not, brings I mean, people who know who he is don't you know don't don't need me to explain that. But I mean he does. Like when you when you watch this movie, if you haven't seen it, um, it's not nearly as good without him, but it still would be a good movie. He brings the sincerity to it. Exactly. He's yeah. the one that keeps this from being schlock. And I don't True. have a problem with schlock. I no. enjoy schlock as much as anybody else. Heck but yeah. he's the one that actually keeps this a serious vampire movie. It, and well, and and what I love about this movie is that it rem- like it's it's a Hammer slash Shaw product production. I, I know it was. I assume it was a Hammer director um, who who directed it, um, or at least a typical Roy Ward Baker. Uh, although there's two yes. directors, right? Uh, there's also Shang Che, who I, who I imagine did this uh, many of the scenes involving the um, Chinese actors. But, well, I, but- a- apparently the Shaw brothers weren't pleased with how. Uh- Baker directed the Kung Fu scenes, so they had. Him. I can understand that. And plus, I, I apparently none of the Chinese cast or crew, other than uh, David Chang and Shin Zhu, spoke English. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So, like, I mean, that's and that's totally understandable. And that, I mean, to me, that just makes sense. Like, if I'm, if I'm like a, if I'm a Hammer director or or, or whatever, and they're like, hey, do you want to do this? I mean, and, and they started like pitching me this premise, I'd be like a thousand and ten percent, I want to do this movie. But I would want someone who knows what they're doing to do the martial arts sequences. Like, you can't just say, oh, we're gonna have a kung fu movie and then do it poorly. And 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 I would expect the opposite. Like, although then again, like you know, I I, I would expect the Shaw brothers to pull off a good vampire movie, and they basically do, um, at least as much of their part of it is. But it's like, yeah, no, you. Martial arts is a is it's an art form, right? So you want to you want to film that right. You want to have the right people doing it. You can't just like nail that in. No, no, and and you can tell like some of the 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 fight not the fight choreography, but the filming of it just doesn't serve to capture the stunt work and the abilities that some of these people are showing off. Sure. Yeah. Right. Like to me, it's like. You can probably you could probably clone some nice scenes out of like previous vampire movies or Dracula movies and like you know piece it together by you know rote you know mimicry. But um, even if you're trying to clone like action scenes in a kung from kung fu movies that you've seen before, it's like it's still hard to do. I imagine anyway, it's hard to do like a good fight scene. So as we as we mentioned, you know, at this point. Hammer was really facing dwindling box office, and they saw the successful, you know, especially in the United States, people were flocking to see the Kung Fu movies. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they came up with the, hey, Hammer Horror, Dragon Thrills, we'll mash them together, and we'll have a vampire Kung Fu movie. Which is, like, uh, I mean, I, I don't remember how old I was before I even realized this movie existed, but it's it's one of those movies where you didn't even know you wanted it until someone tells you the concept. And then you're like, yeah, why isn't every movie this? Because at least that's my initial reaction is like, hell yes. <laughs> I believe I first saw this movie. I mean, it was definitely late night television, but I think it was like when TNT was doing their 100 percent weird like, oh, okay. You know, late Saturday night movies, and then I got a 
copy when Anchor Bay was doing their high-end VHS, you know, hammer releases. I got a copy on VHS, which I later replaced with my double-feature DVD that features Frankenstein-created women, woman alongside of Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Okay. So the premise here, and, you know, they didn't even... I question why they even bothered to squeeze Dracula into this once Christopher Lee, when Christopher Lee was obviously not going to do it. Dracula is almost entirely unnecessary to this movie. Uh, yeah, no, uh, it's really, I, I imagine he's only there to pay off um, Van Helsing, whereas Van Helsing's whole premise for being like in movie premise for being there perfectly suffices without Dracula. Exactly. Like, there's no reason to add Dracula. The reason he's there, totally fine. It, it may be even because the American distributor, Warner Brothers, might I have even so. said, if you're making them, you got you have to put Dracula in mm-hmm. it. And in the United States, it was re-edited and retitled as Dracula Meets the Seven Brothers. Because, again, <sighs> yeah. Dracula's going Dracula's to gonna sell tickets. Right. Right. I just, I mean, like, there's so much, like, while I, 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 you know, I, I agree with you that that's probably, you know, the whole thing, but like all of that just gets dumber, the more of it that gets said, right? Because it's like that, okay, you know, fine, I guess having to shoehorn Dracula in it, I can, I can withstand that, but needing to change it from the perfectly good, perfectly punchy, perfectly mysterious and like, oh, I'm sold title of Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires to the seven what is it dracula meets the seven brothers or the seven brothers meet dracula that's a terrible name now i get you get to shoehorn dracula's name in there but you could have called it dracula and the seven golden vampires or something like it's just a terrible name i can't get past how bad that name is no and and the movie the movie opens with a chinese sorcerer we should i guess and I should apologize in advance because I'm going to butcher just about every Chinese name I have to, I yeah. have to give. Uh, my apologies to um, to the listeners, but you know I'll do my best with with you know my pronunciations. But anyways, he comes to Transylvania looking for Dracula because he is kind of I guess the even though he himself isn't a vampire, he's the leader of the seven golden vampires. He's um the uh, Ka. Um, I was under the impression that Ka was more or less like their Renfield. I almost got the, that he's almost like the high priest of their cult of the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe they're Straker or something. Yeah, but basically, yeah, exactly. That that sort but, of thing. And and we presume he walks from. I'm not exactly sure where the the village is in China, but it'll later take place in in in. Um, in uh, Chungking, and I we, we we mapped Chungking to uh, the Borgo Pass on Google. That's like a hundred and two and change days of walking. So I imagine anywhere between like you know what four to five solid months of walking. So yeah, yeah. Uh, which is which is with that damn bell going off the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so he finds Dracula in his castle. And he basically says, you know, since you're the Lord of all vampires and the power of the seven golden vampires seems to be weakening, if you will come with me to China, maybe you, the Lord of vampires, will help strengthen the whole the legend, the the legendary seven golden vampires hat. Yep. And Dracula is where Dracula just gets nasty. Right, Dracula's immediate response, like I love it. I, I I love Dracula in this, um, you know, for the very brief scenes that you get of him. But I do love his immediate response, which is just like, "I'm not doing your fetch quest. Are you kidding me?" <laughs> like, immediately, he's, he's just like, "What?" But Who then are he you? Surround him and feels like, "Well, I'm trapped in this 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 miserable place, this yeah. castle, and I'm gonna take everything your... is miserable and vile and yeah." And then he insults the Kaa yes. with like, "I'm going to take your vile, repugnant, repulsive form and escape." Of like, awful, yeah, you awful dude. human. Like, damn, dude. And uh, I should say now that actually John Forbes Robinson Robertson, who plays Dracula, is my Whip Bissell Award winner because he totally brings it as Dracula for his two very brief scenes as yeah. Dracula. 
Yeah, like he again, he works out fine. Like you are disappointed in not seeing Christopher Lee, but once you realize how little you see of Dracula, you're 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 fine with it. But even more so, uh, you know, an extra special Wit Dissel Award goes to David De Kaiser, who As apparently the... did the voice yes. of Dracula, and it's just this booming, menacing voice that it's a good voice, you know, yeah. fills the entire room. This so, um, th- this is another. Well, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll just. Well, I'll, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's a like so Dracula then brings forth a mist and he takes the form or maybe he possesses Ka because ah. he merges like what happens to Ka? It's not like Dracula takes Ka's form and Ka's standing there like, Hey, you look like me. No, the smoke comes in, they spin around, and all of a sudden Dracula is now Ka. I'm guessing it's a situation kind of like the hidden where like Ka's soul, or like, you know, Dracula kills Ka or eats his soul or whatever the heck. And Dracula can now like become Ka. And basically, you know, uses, you know, it, it's almost like he's a polymorphing alien all of a sudden. Again, this is not a po- like Dracula has always had, even for the book, um, has always had random powers. Like Dracula, among other things, is practically like a necromancer, you know, as well as being a vampire. Like he does have like weird dark powers and control over his lands, and he can command the seas and things like that. So, but uh, but this is a new one. Um, I mean, it works. It works fine. It works totally fine for the plot. I'm also not entirely well. I guess he had to. I'm not sure exactly why he takes over Ka, but maybe he figures he can smooth it over with the seven golden vampires easier that way, well, rather than dropping it on them like, hey, I'm Dracula and I'm your master now. <laughs> there's, there's an implication in his dialogue that kind of says that he's trapped in the castle. Right. Like, he I'm, can't leave it unless he takes Ka's form. So, it's yeah, like, I wonder if if it's almost like a Terminator type of thing where, like, unless Dracula takes the form of living flesh, he can't leave that castle or something. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a cool idea, and we're probably analyzing it a thousand percent more than they did, but um, yeah. <laughs> yes, regardless, it's the impetus to get Dracula into this movie and over to China, right? And it it works, it works, and and um, I, I, and it's totally like you know a certain level of um, silliness is expected in a movie such as such as this. So that was in 1804. The movie then cuts to 1904 China, and we get the wonderful Peter Cushing yep. as, as Professor Van Helsing in China doing a lecture on vampirism. And he's lecturing these, these Chinese college professors and you know talking about how vampirism has spread and may be present even in China. And he goes over a legend of the legend of the seven golden vampires about how a villager <laughs> met, obviously sometime between 1804 and now a villager went to rescue his daughter from the seven golden vampires uh, stole a golden medallion from one of them and escaped his v- daughter is killed who he tries to save and he's killed on his way back to the village but because he placed the golden medallion on a Buddhist shrine, it kills the seventh golden vampire, reducing them down to six. Right. And, of course, the Chinese professors are like, what, you think because you're from Europe and we're China, we're dumb enough to believe these stupid superstitions? Come on, give us some credit here, you know. We know what you Europeans are like. they, They basically, you know, laugh them out of the room. Yeah, and meanwhile, like, uh, you know, Van Helsing is trying to convince him, like, no, all your, you know, folklore and legend, it's true, it's true. (laughs) Or at least, you know. Yeah, or at least he has every reason to believe it, because he's just like, obviously, I fought Dracula. Good luck convincing them of this. But also, like, he knows that, well, the concept of vampires came from somewhere. Like, Dracula's probably not the first one, or certainly not the only one. No. So, in the lecture is... um... Well, one of the brothers of the the seven brothers, uh, played by and one David... sister, right? But David Chang, who plays the the lead brother and really the only brother who has any dialogue throughout the movie. Well, the one sister does. Yes, but he's the only brother who does. I just want to make sure we remember the one sister. Well, the trailer will do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
So he goes to Van Helsing and he says, like, no, I know the village you're talking about. It was my grandfather who is the, the villager who killed the seventh the seventh golden vampire, and the six remaining are still holding power over my village. So we would very much like you to come and help us free our village from their their grasp. And while this is going on, we, we cut to a scene in the British Embassy where um, Professor Van Helsing's adult son, Leland Van Helsing, is, you know, at this, this party and he meets um, a, a wealthy young German widow, Vanessa, uh, Vanessa Buren, played by Julie Egg, who will be in the movie um, because she's blonde, I guess. I, I, I well, mean... <laughs> she's an attractive blonde, and um, <laughs> I guess they wanted another English feature, but that's the only thing I can think of because, like, she's another one where, like, she's fine. I mean, there's again nothing essentially wrong with her character, and it's totally fine to add her, but it's one of those ones where, like, I'm not exactly sure why she's here. Well, she'll become a romantic interest for the lead brother. But that's what I'm saying. Like she's she pretty starts much there out for, as a yeah, romantic contrivance. interest for Leland. Yeah, but yeah, for about like two seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Leland, Robin Stewart, like this is a tough movie as as far as um Whitbiss Awards go. Um, I'm I'm leaning towards Robin Stewart. Robin Stewart as Leland because it's not like it's there's nothing wrong with him. Um, the actor. Uh, it's 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 an interesting no. role. Um, that he does play off because he's kind of a weenie, but he's also kind of not. Do you know what I mean? Like he's he's got a strange, he's got a strange part in this movie. Um, because he's he's confident enough because he's like a he's apparently a soldier or officer or something. Um, so again, he's not he's not an object weenie, but he's also not a kung fu master like the seven brothers and their one sister. He's not um, even though his dad is a legendary vampire hunter, like he's not. So he's kind of fish out of water because um, he's more or less there just because his dad's there. And um, he's very much um, Jack Burton without the swagger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he's not a loser or anything. It's just like he is out of his element and he, and he does a good job playing that. Like he's, he's got a unique character in this movie he, in that respect. He's willing to put his life on the line. Yeah. But more often than not, he just becomes the flailing idiot that right. you or I would be in this situation. Well, that's the thing, like, because because someone kind of has to be. I mean, you have you you have um, uh, Vanessa Buren, like she's more more or less the damsel, but not really. Like she's not, you know, she, again, she's not like Willie. Usually, I, I I break it down to like there really are no Willie damsels. In, um, well, the damsels in the movie. Well, I, there are I, constant I, damsels, but they're like being yeah chained up by Dracula or vampires yeah, and about to be murdered. Uh, but that's you know. Yeah, the unnamed village women who are constantly yeah, yeah. being captured and, and yeah, drained right. of their blood. Um, I, like I said, I break it down. Like, you know, Vanessa Buren, she's not even close to, say, Willie in Temple of Doom. That's that's usually who I, who I, uh, that's usually my go-to comparison. <laughs> um, which is a pretty, like, again, that's pretty far on the end of the spectrum. But, um, like, it couldn't be her. It obviously couldn't be the Kung Fu Masters or Kung Fu Masters. Um Van Helsing holds his own. You know, he he plays it well. It's he's a guy who's used to combat, even with supernatural things, but um, also an old man who's not really a combatant either. Um, uh, and then you have yeah, then then you have uh, Leland, who's again he's 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 fish out of water. He's just kind of along for the ride. Um, and 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 I think he does a pretty good job of playing off a role that kind of has to disappear between all the kung fu and vampires and. Um, pretty cool zombie magic and effects and Peter Cushing himself. Like, um, it's, it's a, I don't want to say thankless role or anything like that, but it's just, yeah, like he, he, he plays a vastly different role from anyone else and plays it off really well. Well, and that's the thing is like during all the fight scenes, of course, the seven brothers and their one sister are doing their martial arts and holding their own. Van Helsing is usually, you know, swinging a torch or whatever. Right. But he looks usually Peter Cush. He still looks kind he's of dashing. Yeah, and, exactly. And right, he's Whereas, swashbuckling practically. Yeah, Leland just looks like a flailing idiot. Mm -hmm. Which is fair because, like, you know, if they're, they're freaking vampires and like a horde of zombies. Because that's the other cool ass thing you get about this movie. The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires includes a fair bit of black magic and a ton of like fun uh, zombie hordes in um, 
Tomb of the Blind Dead vision. Yes. So at this party, um, we also see that there's a a, a villainous Tong leader who has his eyes. Yes, because there's on, that now. Yeah. On Vanessa Buren. And when he sends one of his minions over to ask if they can escort her home, Leland steps in and says, no, I'll be escorting her home. And of course, the Tong leader really doesn't like that. And when Leland is escorting the Widow Buren home, they're attacked by the Tong. Well, fortunately, we find out that the Seven Brothers have been protecting them from the shadows. And we get our first Kung Fu fight scene between two of the brothers, the Arrow Brother and the Axe Brother, which is really how all these, they're, they're... yeah, no, they're, they're kind of like the Ninja Turtles. Without their weapons, you can't really tell who's who. Well, they're, I mean, they're definitely set up like the Fellowship of the Ring or, I suppose, Seven Samurai or the Magnificent Seven. And that's they each have their thing, you know? And like in Magnificent Seven, you got like, you know, Brit with the knives and you get, you know, this guy with the rifle, the you know, the, the, and this one with the pistols. Like, you know, that's that's the kind of the vibe they're going for. And thank you because that's you know that totally adds to this movie like what i one of the things i absolutely love about this movie is that yes it remembers to be entertaining a little bit fanciful um and just add these little you know add these little touches that's why i'm 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 glad where it seems like they had these two different teams each working on the aspect of the film that they know they could pull off like you can definitely see the hammer influence and all the gothic um influences of it and they play so really well against the juxtaposition of all the really fantastic kung fu um i'm surprised this movie wasn't a hit because it gives you literally everything you could ask for in the premise like it throws it all at you um and it treats it all so at least in my opinion anyway it treats it all so respectively and respectfully rather and probably again in no small part to having it done by or making sure like the appropriate scenes were done by um you know, the folks who could pull it off the best. I think ultimately the problem with this movie being a hit was there were better Kung Fu movies to go spend your money on at the time. Yeah, I could see that. Like I could see this turning off again. It, it turned off uh, Christopher Lee. So I could see it turning off hardcore fans of uh, Dracula. Like, you know, if this movie came out at a certain time in my life, I probably would have felt the same way and taken an awful long time to see it. So like, I, I can certainly see like certain polarizing aspects of this movie. But as like, just I want to sit and have some fun for an hour and a half. Oh man, this movie has it in spades. Like it's it's all over the place. It's um, it it really does throw everything at you, and, and including some really well pacing. Um, like th- there are certain things where it's just like, why is there even this subplot with the tongs? Like I get it could be a contrivance to get um Van Buren along, but she already had a reason to come along. Like well, she's just I- interested, <laughs> you know. It also gives us two kung fu battles before exactly. we encounter the vampires. So. And that's the and that, and and you know what? I agree with you, Matt. I have a feeling it was just like, hey, we need more kung fu in this kung fu movie. And it's like, yes, thank you, thank you. I don't care how or why you did it. And and yeah, that was your reason. Okay, fine. Like I could I can let that go. I can let these like these what's the points go when you give me a kick ass kung fu movie in a in a well paced horror slash kung fu movie. You know, thank you, thank you for remembering to do all this. Yeah, well, th- so this basically now brings our entire cast of heroes together. Uh, uh, Van Helsing and his son are going to go with the seven brothers and their one sister mm-hmm. to the, the village to help free them from the, the vampires. And the widow Von Buren, who is traveling the world looking for the adventure, wants to go on this adventure. And she basically buys her way in by saying, I'm going to fund you know, I'm going to use, I have the money. We're going to, I'm going to get you all the supplies and everything you need and fund this adventure. Yeah. So now we're like, like I said, uh, David Chang plays our lead brother. He's the only one that has dialogue amongst the brothers. Amongst the brothers. Right. Cause like the, the funny part is it's always seven brothers, seven brothers, and then one, you know, and one sister, but it's like really the one brother and the one sister are the only ones who have dialogue throughout the entire movie. And yeah, so the lead brother is a master with his hands. His hands are his weapon. Right. Then he introduces the archer brother. They all have names, but you know they're we're given their names. Seek Seek Way 
if I can pronounce it even remotely right. Um, then there's the axe brother who battles with twin axes. He's he's yeah, he's really cool. <laughs> um, there's twin brothers there that are twin swordsmen. Yeah, um see San She San by the seashore. Yeah, right. Uh, then we have a spear brother who fights with a, a silver spear. Um, Sipo Quay? Quay? Quay, probably. And then a brother who fights with maces. Maces. I don't have his name in front of me. <laughs> and then we have uh, May Quay, their yes. one sister who uh, uses dual dagger, dual knives. Right, and she's probably got like the fourth or fifth most lines of dialogue in the movie. Yes, well, because she's the only other one that of, of the family that speaks. Right, right. Like the movie, I mean, as far as like your main combatants go, really, it's um, uh, Si Chang, who's, who's David Chang. Um, and then you have, you know, uh, Mei Kwai, his, his sister. Um Leland, more or less, but as far as like speaking parts, then it's yeah, pretty much Peter Cushing and 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 Leland. It's like it's like the four of them, um, uh, along with uh, Vanessa Buren, who kind of carry the dialogue of the movie. So again, they they go off on their journey, and before long, they're attacked again by the Tong. But this time, it's a huge like this guy has brought his entire gang to fight <laughs> them, and we get our first you know straight up kung fu sequence. As the brothers basically demolish the game. Yes. And Every single the- one of these sequences is very satisfying too. Not not overdone. It's not like super wire foo. It's this is classic like mid seventies kung fu. It's, it's yes. Excellent. And we get to see the different fighting styles of the yep. seven brothers. Yep. You get a little bit of everything in this movie, man. You get a zombie movie. You get a vampire movie. It's it's fantastic. It's I, I can't I can't stress enough how refreshing it is to be offered this premise and then having them actually give you your expectations. Cause, cause sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And every now and then, as they go on this journey, we'll cut back to the village and we'll see that the, the golden vampires and their zombie army are constantly raiding the village, kidnapping women, bringing them to their temple on the hill and then strapping them, the, the women to these like tables and bleeding them into this boiling cauldron in yeah. the middle of the in, in the middle of them. Yeah, man, Hammer Films, you gotta, you know, <laughs> like that's that's the, that's the that's I love this movie, man. I, it's it's so great. You go from this great kung fu scene right back to hey, we're still a Hammer film, so let's give you some of this too. It's like yes, thank you. <laughs> yes, I, I want more chocolate with my peanut butter. <laughs> yes, thank you. And on this is a journey, Reese's peanut butter cup of a movie. Uh, on the journey. Leland and uh, Mei Kuei become romantically involved and David Chang and Vanessa, uh, Vanessa Buren become romantically involved. Yes. And one night there, while they're resting in a cave, they're attacked by three of the golden vampires and the zombies. Yeah, man. This, they're throwing half the group after you, uh, at you, which is pretty cool. Like that's usually, you know uh, that's usually kind of safe for the end, but they're 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 already throwing some of the vampires at you, and like we should probably mention. I mean, this movie came out in '74. Um, the vampire makeup, like at first you see it and it's kind of like, oh, it's not great. But at '74, I'll let it go. But the the more I don't know for me, the more I see them, the the more they kind of work. Like the more they do become effectively pretty effectively creepy like the, the the makeup doesn't always you know win me over completely but eventually it, it wins me over enough to be effective well, the seven golden vampires are not presented as your tri- typical yeah. european va- they're very ghoulish looking right they their skin's ex- all haggard and falling off and yeah they have exaggerated fangs and they all wear a golden mask as well yeah yeah like at, at my first impression of the your at least for me my first impression of the vampires is kind of like ooh i don't know but by the time you're done and they're in like their massive horde of you know undead and like riding the horses in the in the in the in the gothic you know dark hours of night it's like all right this this is working uh, i'm i'm back on board now and and they fight with swords yeah, they all yeah. have swords that they battle with 
Yeah, it's like it's like it's just it's just too cool um, for me that you know I eventually do just like okay I'm I'm, I'm it's, it it goes beyond just like well it's old effects I have to let it go to like okay this is working better than I expected. Well, and and now we get also because the the vampires arrive in bat form and there's this neat little trick yeah. that they use as the bat will fly behind a pillar yep. in the cave out you know fly behind the pillar and then out from the other side of the pillar jumps the vampire in its more human form. And it's and it's really well done. So now we get the brothers uh, uh, being attacked not only by the three of the golden vampires, but soon the, the the zombie you know decrepit skeletal zombie army marches in too, and they're able to hold their own and kill the three golden vampires, which sends the yep. remaining zombies retreating. And the dying vampire, they kind of. They crumble into dust. It's really a cool effect. Suitably gnarly, yeah. The, the vampire deaths are suitably gnarly. They you don't. Know, they, um, they don't. They don't. They don't cheap out on that. Uh, they give you a good lingering look at some pretty cool and gruesome for their time and effective vampire deaths. They. They. Yeah. They kind of almost deflate into yeah. dust. Yeah. It's a. It's a really neat. Um, I mean, again, it's a, it's an effect, and it's mid seventies, but it's 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 I don't know, it grabs me. I think it 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 it, it I think it holds up uh, pretty well. And while every, all of our heroes survive this encounter, the lead brother says, "I don't know if we can survive another encounter like this. We barely managed to do it." Well, that's the thing; like they're under constant attack. Every time they take a rest, they're almost immediately attacked, which just goes back to the awesome pace of this movie. But they've also managed now to whittle it down to three remaining golden vampires. Yeah. And as far as they know, Ka, but we know he's really Dracula. Their odds are getting right. Their odds are getting better and better. So the next day they actually get to the village. And now we get almost a Magnificent Seven Mm -hmm. style as they prepare to defend the village. They dig a trench. Um you know, they, they make stakes in the ground. They dig pits. They, the, the trench is filled with gasoline so they can set it on fire because they're preparing for the assault that is, of course, going to come that night. And uh, the final battle is really pretty cool. because again, <laughs> It really it, is. It's battle, journey, battle, journey. Yeah. Final battle for this movie. Yeah, this, this, this movie's great. <laughs> And the really is. remaining three golden vampires attack with their army. And now we get the real bloodshed because mm-hmm. the brothers are starting to get overwhelmed. And right. uh, several of them are, are killed. Miquay is holding her own. Leland, despite his flailing speech, <laughs> seems to be doing He's still okay. alive. Leland's still alive. <laughs> uh, Van Helsing is holding Which is an accomplishment, off. honestly. He's holding them off, you know, with, with the torch. He's setting vampire, you know, zombies on fire. Yeah. They, they set the ditch on fire. Um, one of the brothers is cut down by the vampire. I, I can't tell you which one. Right. Well, because we lose, like, a lot at the end. Yeah. Yes, and they're not carrying their signature weapons. Right, right. Well, that's the thing, like, because it's, um, you know, not only are they fighting vampires, but again, it's like, it's a horde of undead as well. Like, this is a zombie movie as well, although the zombies aren't quite as prominent or or play as much part as they would, of course, in, like, a zombie movie. There's not that constant, you know, zombie siege or bleakness aspect of it. But, again, the the vampires are constantly accompanied by, like, a horde of very creepy uh, zombies with a little bit of a hop in their step, Um, I I, I suppose, as a nod to the traditional kind of hopping uh, zombie um, legends of that area. Or it's just how it ends up looking because of the way it's filmed and that sort of... I called it before Night of the, the Tomb of the Blind Dead Vision because that's just another movie I can think of where they're kind of filmed in that sort of like slow motion. So our first main casualty comes when one of the golden vampires attacks Vanessa Buren. Yes. He bites her and then runs off back into the battle before he is killed, uh, the vampire. Mm-hmm. And Van Buren is turned pretty quickly into a vampire herself. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, Chang did not see this. And he sees Van Buren, and he actually goes away from the battle to go up to her 
And I'm almost wondering, does she almost use like a, a hypnotism on him to get him to come over? It's not implicitly stated, but it would explain why he suddenly stops in the middle of right. the fight to go over to her. Right. You know what? It's it's I started wondering the same thing as you described the scene, because when I saw it, I figured it was just like, oh, he was checking to make sure she was OK. That could um, be it as well. But the way that you put it, I kind of like your idea. I kind of like that way now. Unfortunately, she bites him. And Van, Van Helsing is who's, you know, doing his own to, to hold off the vampires. Like, you got to destroy her. You got to kill her. And he forces her down onto one of the stakes, impairing yeah. her and killing her. But he also realizes I'm dead. Right. And he pretty valiantly sacrifice forces himself onto the uh, yes. stake and impels himself to end his own life. So we've lost like our main brother and arguably the star of the movie, um, as much as anyone in this more or less ensemble cast is. Um, yes, and Van Buren at the same time, which you know I don't know maybe she was written in just for that scene, which is a pretty cool, in quotes, I guess, effective striking scene. Or whatever in this movie, like this whole battle is 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 off the rails, um, just in terms of like the the stakes, what's going on, and 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 how many of our uh, pro protagonists go down. Yeah, we see this like Ford brothers, the the twin swordsmen, go down. We know it's yeah. them because they're the they brought out their swords, right? And they're always together. Um, Leland, I believe, manages to kill one of the seven golden vampires. And so now it's the one golden vampire and his army, but the villagers of the, have now rallied. The villagers have now come to help defend their town as well. And this turns the tide in their favor. So the last golden vampire attacks um, Mei Kuei and kidnaps her. He basically, you know, knocks her out and throws her over the wall, yes. throws her on top of his horse and then rides off to the the temple and the villagers and Van Helsing's finish off the zombies. And then Leland immediately goes running off after the, the vampire to the temple to save me Quay. Fortunately, real rescue was not far behind <laughs> because the two remaining brothers who are the archer and the spear brother, join Van Helsing as they go off too. So we get to the temple and the, the, the last vampire golden vampire is trying to is is chaining Mayqui down to the, the sacrificial altar and is just about to lean and bite yes. her when, when Leland shows up and starts fighting the vampire. And you can almost see it in Mayqui's face like it's not just you, right? My my brother's right, right behind you. Right. But you know he holds his own. He's able. Thanks, to, but yeah, <laughs> he's able to unchain Mequay, one of Mequay's arms, so she can get herself free. And he's fighting the vampire. I mean, of course, probably even better than I would. But he's oh, really sure. just kind of like, well, slowing him down. The the impression that I get of Leland is that the only fighting he has likely ever done is on the schoolyard, maybe in a ring. Maybe like, you know, drilling as a soldier. Like, again, I don't want to imply that he's like a weenie or unprepared or anything. Well, but I, I mean, he is unprepared because he's fighting freaking vampire zombies. And it was, <laughs> you know, like, like, that's the thing. Like, he's just like, this is not he wasn't trained for this, <laughs> you know, like this well, would be and, unusual. I don't care what you're trained for. As, as much as I'm making fun of him, he is. Rushing he, off, you know, yeah, full tilt right. to battle the vampires. He's like, not, again, like he's know, not right. He's not uselessly, you know, he's not uselessly his way through the movie. Like it's not, it's not quite as bad as say like Solo on the skiff knocking, you know, Boba Fett into the Sarlacc pit. Like he's, you know, he is holding his own as much as he is, but you can tell he's obviously having a tougher time. So Van Helsing and the final two brothers are alive, and Van Helsing dispatches the final vampire, which almost like you can almost see like Lay Leyland being like, Dad. <laughs> right. Right. I had in him. front of May Quay. Come on, right. you cannot let me kill the last golden vampire. Right. And of course, the last vampire also has to die in the most exaggerated, you know Suitably so, yes. Van Helsing. 
stabs him through the back, through the heart, and of course he goes spinning around, dying dramatically, and falls into the blood cauldron. But the thing is, like the movie knows you would expect no less, and that's exactly what they give you. And again, so appreciated in a movie like this. But then the movie gives us a double climax. Yep. Because as Leland Meekway and the two brothers kind of all embrace and, you know, make their way back to the village, Van Helsing pauses and is like, wait a minute. I still, and that's where Dracula reveals himself. And it's like, ah, now we get another final battle between right. Van the real Helsing boss. and Dracula. And of course, Dracula, you know, Van Helsing uh, not only impales Dracula with uh, the the Spear Brothers' silver spear, Dracula really gets it because not only as he's is he impaled and does he <laughs> lie dying, as he dissolves and turns skeletal too, the spear loses its you know perch and falls and splits Dracula's skull in two as it smashes it in half as it falls, like, to add insult to injury. uh, You know, continuing the hammer trend of increasingly gruesome vampire deaths. Um, But unfortunately, we didn't get another hammer, like, well, how does he come back from this one? No. Yeah, we we never got his resurrection, which is one of the more fun parts of Hammer films. But, you know, like, this movie is, is, it's all there. It's perfect. I, I legitimately back. mean it. This this movie is perfect, and what I and 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 to clarify what I mean by perfect is that it 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 actually delivers everything in my mind. I figured it would could be, and it, it maybe even a bit more. And it does it exactly the way it takes it just serious enough that it keeps you engaged. Um, and I think again, I I think Cushing has a huge part in that. Um, I, I think, you know, the, the whole hammer, uh, aspect and like Gothic aspect of it to like, you know, keep ingrained in that works out perfectly. And then, yeah, they pepper in, you know, or hammer in, um, all of the Kung Fu aspects that just, it just works now. Great that I'm a huge video gamer, um, huge D and D guy. So this movie speaks so well to all of those things for me. Um, and yeah, man, like, <sighs> Sometimes you get like like Alien versus Predator, right? This is this is one of my go tos where it's like, oh man, after so many years, these two worlds are going to combine. And in my head, I'm thinking of all these scenarios and like you know the comic books had come out and there's all these different ways you could do it. And it's just like, oh, there's almost a paralysis of different ways you can do it. But it's Alien and Predator. It, it has to be awesome. And you know, it was okay, Alien versus it was okay, but it, it was fair to be disappointed in that man of, of all of that you had at your disposal. This this was the most you could get out of it. Whereas this movie knew very well what it had at its disposal and threw it all at you. And man, does it work. Uh, at least in as much of a way as Kung Fu and Hammer films, you know, are going to work. Like if that premise alone doesn't excite you, then I, I'm going to tell you this much that the, the movies on this podcast are not going to get less weird. <laughs> um, this is probably among the, one of the more straightforward that we'll do. Uh, but this is, this is pure entertainment in what 90 or so minutes. Um, and it it is is a it is a perfect like little shot in the arm for that. It's like a B twelve shot of a movie because um, it doesn't let you down in any way. But in, now that you mentioned it, it is almost a D and D adventure. Of <laughs> gather your party. Everybody's a specialist. Go on your quest and then fight the final boss. You you could make this a board game. You could make it a video game. You could make it a role playing game. All of the above, you could not change a word of this movie, a second of the plot, and it would work perfectly as any of those things. And and you I know, mean, it's basically Castlevania almost. Like it's it's it works perfectly in all of that. That's why, like, I don't know, this this movie was going to do likely no wrong anyway. The only way it could have was by failing to deliver on its Draculaness, by failing to deliver on its hammerness, but also by failing to deliver on the on on the kung fu. But it it doesn't do any of that. It it it, it blends it all. I, I say perfectly, uh, you know, a, a, a more staunch vampire or hammer fan might say otherwise, or a more staunch, like, you know, a deeper Kung Fu fan, uh, maybe like a huge, like Bruce Lee head, you know, could say otherwise, but I, I don't know. This is the perfect, like I told you, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. It's, there might be better 
candy bars. There might even be better, you know, desserts for sure. Like I'm a huge chocolate ice cream fan, but sometimes I just want a Reese's and this is a perfect blend um, of, of horror and action. Like they, they pulled it off. It's, it's stunning that they managed to pull it off. Usually something will fail. Usually something gets screwed up, but to me, they pull it off. They, they, well, they do. Especially in the nineties where it seemed like uh, every vamp, like with Buffy, the vampire yeah. and blade, all vampires kind of became kung fu martial yes. artists. Yes. One of my favorite lines in Buffy, I can't remember exactly how it is. You might remember better than I, but one of my favorite things in Buffy was in one of the seasons where she finally, or someone finally mentions like, isn't it weird how vampires just come out of the grave knowing kung fu? Yes. Yeah, and that's, that's true. Know, I think a lot of that comes from this movie. I like to think so. Like, I, I have to assume this movie has way more or has inspired way more um, than I think. Because, like, see, I was never growing up. Well, as much as I loved Dracula and stuff um, and I was fine with Kung Fu movies like, you know, I've seen Enter the Dragon. It's a good movie, but I was never you know, I never watched a ton of them. I didn't know much about this movie, but, you know, video wasn't as common as it was at the time. Um this might have been a weird movie to get in on import. Like by the time we would have known about it would have been 12 years later. Um, like you said, wasn't hugely popular, well known enough, I suppose, but not necessarily like it would have been hard to see. So it took us, a, it took me anyway, a long time to finally see this movie. Well, and I think we should point out that you can find this movie on YouTube. Yes. Because apparently this cut of it is not copyrighted in the United States. Yep. Yep. Um, and uh, do you want it's... to give a shout out to who has it? Uh, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, we're not affiliated um, with these guys. We don't, um, I, I, it's not like I know them personally or anything like that. It's, um, but if you hop onto YouTube and you look up Newcastle after dark, um, unfortunately, I don't remember their names, but uh, th their vibe is they do kind of like a classic sort of local TV horror host type of thing. Um, and they presented this movie. It's a really good, very clear cut of the movie. Uh, it's not quite like Blu-ray or anything, but it's it's more than watchable um, and does the movie justice. Um, there's no commercials. Uh, they do like some they do like one interstitial, I think, somewhere in the middle of it for like a minute where they talk a little bit about their feelings of the movie, as you would expect. But, um, you know, check it out. Uh, check out their channel because they have a couple of other movies that I assume slash hope are in the public domain and they're not going to get in trouble for. And some of them are pretty solid, actually. Um I've seen a few of them. Um, others I've only just heard of, but I, I think I'm going to check a few of them out. And this is an excellent reason to. Um, their feelings on this movie, probably not as ebullient as ours, but it's also not what they were going for. But of course, they're they're big fans and they have the similar take as 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 um, as we do, which is just like, man, this all works. It's just it just drips the right amount of like cool, <laughs> you know, for, for at least people of our ilk. The movie is fun, and that's what we focus on on this podcast. Yeah, every you know, every now and then we will talk about a movie that is a true masterpiece, and sure. this is not. I, I I don't think this movie is a masterpiece on every level. On it's a level. masterpiece. It's a masterpiece of just fun, fun, fun cinema. Like cinema for the sake of fun. Cinema for the sake of having a good time with your friends, eating some popcorn, enjoying just the movie experience. Like not every movie has to be that. Like I certainly understand the place of quote unquote important movies. And I love a good documentary. Um, I, every so often a, a melodrama um, or a movie where you might actually learn something, but that's a tough one I, uh, uh, because, you know, you never really know what you're going to hear and how it's presented. So that's why, like, I tend to gravitate towards safe movies, which are just the freaking fun ones. Ones where it's just like, hey, man, I have a cool idea. And that idea is probably something you thought of when you were eight playing with your action figures. But I have one hundred and twenty million dollars. I'm going to put it on film. Um, yeah, I'm done. Uh, you know, that's that's what I want to do. I want to be entertained. You know, I worked uh, all week. Or I want an hour. I, you know, when I want to watch something, I want to be smiling and having fun with it. And man, does this movie do that? I think it's a masterpiece on that level. Like well, I, I, I feel like this movie you could watch literally any point in time. It, it is chock full of all the goodness. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's not like the other brands where like you buy the 
you know, the whatever, you know, mixed in. And you get like, yeah, there's some cookie dough and stuff. No, no, this is jam packed full of all the good stuff. It's it's just wonderful. It's like this movie is yeah, like this movie is bad for you. Uh, but at the same time, like you will feel great after watching it. So maybe it's great for you. I don't know. Um, but it's 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 a movie where it's it's one of those handfuls. Of, and it's been a while since I had seen this. So I forgot just how much I liked it and how well it does its premise. Uh, but like I can't I don't know of a time where I wouldn't be in a mood to watch this. You know, like where you just, you know, maybe obviously if you have something else actually occupying your time, different story. But if you're like, hey, you want to watch a movie and you're not really sure and someone were to mention seven golden vampires, like, hell yeah, I'm always in the mood for that. It, I will always watch. Like, like Halloween, I'm always in the mood to watch Halloween. I'll put it in. I'll watch it now. <laughs> but it's also a great movie to watch with your friends because it's. Oh, yeah. There's so much happening and it's not complex that like you can be you can be joking around, talking, drinking, and you're not gonna like, oh wait, did we miss something? No, no, you're not gonna no. miss anything. No, no, exactly. You, like you might there's be no like, oh, I missed where they killed the fifth golden vampire, or I missed where the right. axe brother. But you're not gonna be like, Oh wait, I'm confused, rewind it, I don't know what's happening. If if this movie, if I was to if I was to take one thing, like one negative towards this movie, and I'm not even sure if it's a negative, but one thing you could say this movie lacks is it's not the most quotable film. That's about it, I guess. Like that's the worst thing I can say about it. It's 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 not a tremendously quotable movie. You know, I can't think of a single quote. <laughs> exactly. Like that that's the worst you could say. Other movie. Um, which is also kind of weird considering it's Peter Cushing, I guess. But yeah, it's it's just not a terribly quotable movie. Like it's not the it's not the Fifth Element. It's not it's not Day of the Dead or anything like that. But but. It, um, it, it's perfect otherwise. True to form, Peter Cushing gives 100%. Hell yeah. And you can tell in some of these scenes, he is physically exhausted. Well, you and you have a kind of a story about that, huh? Well, yeah, he was in his 60s. And one of the things they said, like, oh, yeah, don't worry. We're going to make sure you're comfortable. You know, we're going to, you know, you won't have it hard. But then, you know, he gets there and he finds out, yeah, oh, I'm trekking across the countryside. I have to climb this rocky hill to get to a cave. And he, but he does all of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> he wasn't the type of guy who went to a film and said, oh, wait, you expect me to do that? No, he was the type of guy, well, I'm here to do a role. I'm going to do the role. I mean, and apparently he never complained once. I mean, I, I assume, uh, or I should say, he, I imagine he must have felt some sort of loyalty towards hammer well to do it do you think i don't know if it was a loyalty towards hammer or again just a loyalty towards the fans he knew enjoyed seeing him in these types of movies yeah right on man um yeah rest in peace peter cushing um thank you for bringing because like i'm sure i would probably still enjoy this movie a great deal were he not in it but it's hard to understate exactly what he brings to this movie and 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 if you if you haven't seen it and then do watch it you'll understand if you're already a hammer film fan then you know exactly what i mean and if you've seen this movie you know exactly what we mean yeah i'm sure by the time you know because he would do star wars just a few years later i'm sure he was very pleased to be like oh i just have to stand around and be snide (laughs) i'll do that that's great thank you very much george lucas right i can stand with my hands behind my back or sit at a desk absolutely yeah or a big table rather you may file when ready (laughs) yeah don't hurry not on my account yeah just relax you may file when ready fine when you feel like it when you're feeling it no, this is just again another extremely fun movie. You should check it out. Um, yeah, this this is going to be one of those m- movies where uh, it's rocketed way up in my movie rotation like consciousness. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna. This is going to be a movie that I'm going to have to make an effort to watch more often. All right, with that, uh, what else you got to recommend? So, uh, as far as recommendations. Um, Man, I mean, there's not exactly a lot of like, because uh, I, I don't have a great frame of reference where it comes to um, kung fu movies, and and I think in terms of like you know Hammer influences, those more or less speak for themselves. Um, but I'm gonna go with some that are just at least you know really fun and I've and I've, and kind of maybe fit. Like for example, Monster Squad. Um, uh, it's it's got it, it'll leave you feeling similarly 
um, it's 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 not obviously a kung fu movie, but it's it's an exciting premise on you know gothic horror tales that knows its premise and and works really well with it. Um, um, like I I don't have a ton for this. Like all, all I can really keep going back to is recommending Hammer films because again I don't have a great frame of reference well, for kung fu. Like I can tell you. Van Helsing, the um, uh, what did it come out about? I don't know, uh, twenty years ago, the the Hugh Jackman movie. Like, I, I'm not a huge fan of that movie. I bring it up only because, like, to me, where that movie disappointed me is it it was a little too Hollywoody, a little too. It wasn't what I was hoping for, um, but I don't think it's necessarily a. It's not a bad movie, but I I, I think it's fair to to you know have a comparison whether you think it's you know a favorable or not comparison. Um, I just, yeah, I guess I, I, I kind of struggled with this one, man. I'm hoping you have better suggestions, or at least you have any. Well, I mean, first of all, any Hammer film starring Cushing and Lee, yeah, you you need to check out. Right, right. Like I didn't did just start listing Hammer together. films, but that's that's all I could keep coming back to. It's sort of like John Carpenter. Like when we do a John Carpenter movie, like the best I can truly do is just recommend every other John Carpenter movie. <laughs> But more specifically, there's a Hammer film that came out about the same time as this one called Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter. And that's a swashbuckling vampire, you know, adventure film as well. Have so, you seen it? Yes. Is it, is, it, is it this good? I don't like it nearly as much as this movie. Okay. Um, it's a bit more tongue-in-cheek. Okay. But it's, it's almost like if... Um, so a you bit know, more on like the Van Helsing side of things. More on the Errol Flynn, Douglas Fairbanks. Type okay. Of okay. Well, you know, you know I mean, imagine an Errol Flynn character battling vampires. I like one see... of his, you know, even if it's one like one of his, you know, swashbuckling pirate style characters. I could see where like I want to. I mean, I want to see it. I do want to see it. Um I'm I'm interested. Yeah, I'll have to see if I can. I'll have to see if I can dig that up. I guess the name sounds familiar, but I, if I've seen it, I've already entirely forgotten it. Um, I'll have to see if I can seek that out because uh, I'm interested. And then, of course, I have to recommend Devil's Express, starring War oh, Tanzania. Hell yeah, that's a movie we will cover. Um, that's that's a movie where, uh, like, unlike Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, which to me, when I when I heard the premise of Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, it was like, oh man, I expect this to be good. Um, from what you would explain from like you know Devil's Express, it's like, okay, well, it sounds like it could be a good idea, but there's no way they pull it off, and they kind of do. Um, great imagery in that movie. That's one we'll definitely have to cover. Yes. Um, so, anything else to say? Uh, about this movie, no, no. Again, if you haven't seen it, I can't. If you have not seen it, I can't stress enough. Seek it out. Uh, it's not that hard. It's on YouTube. Just look up Newcastle N E W C A S T L E After Dark on YouTube. You'll see their list of movies, and this will be one of them. And I, I highly recommend it. Uh, what I would say is avoid the Seven Brothers Dracula meets the Seven Brothers cut because it's yeah, not I guess it's a different title. cut. It's a different cut, and it just it isn't. It's not worth spending your time on. Yeah, and and that kind of blows it's, my mind. Like, I I don't know. It's I gotta weird know who, that sorry. it's basically the same movie, but just because of how it's cut, it becomes much less entertaining. Right, and like, and here's you know, I understand if you if you see this movie and you're like, all right, it wasn't for me. I wasn't a huge fan. Okay, fine. You know, whatever. Like, you, you know, you're not gonna like everything we like, and fine. That, that's whatever. But I I don't understand seeing this movie and being like, oh man, I gotta recut this. This is this is like this isn't gonna work. Well, like, it, what? It, <laughs> it's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's one of those where it's like, oh, well, we have to make this suitable for an American. Exactly. Audience. Like, who was that? Like, who was it that saw that and be like, oh, I know better. What's well, one like of better in the states? I mean, right. But who specifically? Like, who? I I kind of understand being like, we got to Dracula this up a bit, or it's not going to work, sort of thing. But like, man, this movie was fine. You didn't have to cut anything. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, you're gonna go with the. I'm I'm gonna skip the Magnificent Seven because for me, uh, I, I wouldn't have cheated, but it's it's too easy. 
you you have a good one. It sounds well. Like. I mean, yeah. The obvious root of is, of course, you know, um, uh, Peter Cushing to Star Wars to <laughs> Harrison Ford to uh, Dead Heat on a Merry Go Round with uh, James Coburn, right? Uh, and then I was, but I was like, no, that's too, you know. I, and I think I've even done. I, that. You've used it before, yeah. So I went with because uh, it's the only reason I knew it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, Peter Cushing was the only person I could really think of anyway. So, sure. Um, I went with Peter Cushing to Shockwaves. Right on. Which features Brooke Adams. Brooke Adams was also in the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake with Donald Sutherland. And then, of course, Donald Sutherland, Dirty Dozen. But I'm not doing that again either. Because also in the Invasion of the Body Snatchers remake was Jeff Goldblum. And mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum was in Death Wish with Charles Yes, Bronson. he was. And yes, that's, he was. that's where we're going to go with this one. Yes, he was. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to quote any of his lines. Um, all right, right on. Um, Shockwaves, because you mentioned Shockwaves. That was a movie we grabbed off of um, on VHS. I don't know, somewhere, sometime, uh, at least for me, I think it was just based on like the title and the, um, you know, the back of the box. I, I remember it was basically a zombie movie. Yeah. Like I don't remember it be, I was relatively young at the time. I don't remember it being very good. Um, what is your recollection of it? It's an okay. It's, it's, it's interesting because it's one, it's Nazi zombies. Right. Oh and yeah. They're underwater zombies. They can't, you know, they they can't stray too far from the sea, and they have to protect their eyes from light. Um, it's it's an interesting enough film. I I recommend it, especially if you're into zombie movies. And you got Peter Cushing and John Carradine, two horror legends in minor roles, granted, but they're there. Do you? Uh, you don't own it, I assume. Uh, I used to have a DVD, but I gave it to somebody and never got it back. Okay, is it worth? Do you, all right, I, I guess last, last but not least, on Shockwaves, even though that's not the movie we're covering, is it worth trying to seek out? Do you think? Like, is it worth me trying to give it another shot? Do you think? If I find a copy of it, another copy of it on DVD or Blu-ray, I'm definitely going to pick it up if it's a okay. decent price. Just because I, I it, it was in my collection, I'd like to have it back. Okay, good enough answer for me then. Yeah, if you get it back, I will definitely watch it again. Um. Okay, yeah, that's all I wanted to know about that because, like, I hadn't thought of you. You mentioned it. Um, you mentioned it. We went when we went went to visit Ma like two days ago, and I hadn't thought about that movie in a long, 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 long time. All I could vaguely remember was the premise and the VHS, the feeling that I didn't really like it, but it was also like thirty years ago. So I'm like, huh, is it worth giving it another shot? Um, so I definitely yeah, will if we come across it again. Cool. No, it's an enjoyable movie. Okay. All right. I'd like to remind everybody, as usual, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Movie Matt Sorois, all one word, M-O-V-I-E-M-A-T-T-S-I-R-O-I-S. And you can look for us on Facebook under the Movie Asylum of the Weird, Bad, and Wonderful. And with that, I thank you, as always, for listening. And we hope to have you back next time. Thank you, everyone. Stay gold, people.